When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Every person has a story, and some parts of those stories feel too hard to tell. You are listening to If You Only Knew, a mini-series brought to you by the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. On today's show, my friend Jen Jett joins me and opens up about her If You Only Knew, and it's the D word, divorce. Jen has walked a hard road these past few years, and her ability to handle it with such grace and truth and love and tenderness is something that is so very endearing about her. When she explains her fears with talking about divorce, you're going to understand her fears, and you're going to maybe see yourself in some of those fears. Divorce is a hard subject, especially for those of us in the church, and I am so proud of Jen for how she's handling her story. It will bring you hope no matter what your If You Only Knew moment is in your own life. Also, she mentions a song by Rita Springer. I'm just going to tell you to go look it up. I'm going to promise that you're going to have it on repeat. Today is our last episode in the series, and I sure hope that you have not only loved every single one of these, but that your heart has grown more in love with the Father and that you have more trust for Him in your life as well. I'm a big believer that when we share our stories, our mess, our journey, that God gets glory in the ways that He has moved in our hearts, in our lives, and our souls. In the midst of our sin and our shame and our struggle or whatever it might be, if you have loved every single one of these nine episodes in this mini series, I would love two things from you. Number one, I would love it if you'd share it with your friends. Check out jamieivy.com, which is my webpage, for a blog post with all of the episodes in one post that's going to make it super easy for you to share with friends. I have heard such great feedback about this mini series that I want everyone to hear it. Number two, If you haven't purchased your own copy of If You Only Knew, which is the book that I just released at the end of January, I would love for you to get yourself a copy. My goal in writing this book was for me to share my own story about finding freedom from shame in my life. And I want to encourage you as a reader to look for ways to find your own freedom through the hope in Jesus. Many times that starts with just saying some things out loud to a girlfriend, just like all of these guests have talked about in this mini series. Guys, you can get the book wherever books are sold or check out ifyouonlyknewbook.net. Guys, before we start, I want to tell you about one of my favorite things in the world, and that is Siete Chips. You know, in Texas, we love our chips and salsa, and we found out about the Siete brand a couple of years ago, and now we've gotten to know the people behind the brand, which makes me love them even more. Siete is a healthy Mexican-American food brand that makes grain-free and paleo-friendly tortillas and tortilla chips. And let me tell you, if you have some allergies in your house or if you're just trying to eat healthier, this is an amazing company that's going to give you great food that's going to have all the things left out of it that you can't have. These are our go-to chips at the Ivy's house. These are our go-to tortillas at the Ivy house. They're not only healthy, but they taste phenomenal. I told you last week that my favorites were the nacho. They also have a lime flavor, which my kids devour. And guys, right now, if you want to try out anything from their company, whether that be the tortillas 
or the tortilla chips, they're going to give you a 10% discount. Go to sietefoods.com and use the promo code IVY. I-V-E-Y. It's my last name. All right, guys, here is my friend Jen and her If You Only Knew story. So Jen, what is your If You Only Knew? If you only knew that I am divorced, that is Mm. my If You Only Knew. This is a new If You Only Knew for you. It is a new one. I I have loved Jesus um, deeply since I was nine. And just in the last, a little over a year ago, went through a divorce, which is not supposed to happen to people who love Jesus, you know? Right. So tell me this, this has been a new thing for you walking through. And I've, I've seen you walk through this with so much just grace and wisdom and humility and just all of the things that I could say about you are just phenomenal. But tell me this, because it's really scary for you to say those words out loud. Um, I want to hear from you. I, I don't. I don't need the backstory. In fact, let's just. I just want to tell everyone this. If you want to hear Jen's whole story, a you've been on my show before, but b you were just recently on um, God Centered Mom with Heather McFadden, which she's been a guest on. If you only knew as well, so that's a great place for, for us to point people. But I want to hear from you. Like a, what made that so scary? We could all bring up our assumptions of why that's so scary for you to say. And then b, I want you just to talk with us about how you've walked through that. Yeah, I would say there are two reasons why it's scary. Um, one is probably the least scary of the two. And that's just the obvious stigma in the church. Mm -hmm. I remember the night that my ex-husband said he wanted a divorce. And this was the third time in 15 years. And I remember my biggest fear in that moment was that people would be more distracted by the divorce and suffering and not see Jesus in my story. That was my fear. And my fear was that that because of the stigma in the church, because divorced men and women are marginalized, they're, some churches say that they're not allowed to serve in ministry. Um, I mean, I could list a number of things. It, my fear was that people would not see past that and see Jesus. I just really wanted people to see Jesus. And then the second part of me saying those words is, I love and respect and honor the institution of marriage. I do. I believe in God's design. I believe God's design is for marriage to be um, until death do you part. And so talking about it, talking about my story and what God's done, there is some fear in it that people would use it as permission Mm. to give up on their marriages and walk away. And that is honestly my fear. And I, I try to not even call it a fear. I really just try to call it a prayer now is that um, point to the gospel that I would carry the story with wisdom and, um, and not that it would not be used to give permission, but that used be used to give hope to people. Mm. You said that you're one of your fears and I want to talk about both of them because they're both very valid the first one you said that you were afraid people were going to miss Jesus. That seems like a very uncommon statement to say when your husband says, I want a divorce for the third time. Where did that come from that you were, you were worried that people would miss Jesus in this? Well, the first two times that he asked for the divorce early in our 15 year marriage, my staying was motivated out of 
Christian girls don't get divorced. Like you're not supposed to get divorced. God can redeem and restore this marriage. And I believed that. And, and he could, it wasn't that that was not true, but that was such a motivation was really is a motivation out of, um, shame, kind of like what would people think mm-hmm. also motivation in believing that God has the power to redeem and restore this. I really believed that. I think through the course of all those years and dealing with shame and identity and grieving, just the brokenness of all that for 15 years, what ended up coming out of it at the end after the third time was acceptance that this is my story, that this is the story God's written for my life. The Lord very clearly released me in the end. And so the only thing left was okay, I am going to walk through this story. I'm going to lean in. This is what God has for me. I'm going to be okay. He has covered me. He has gone before me. And I wanted to walk in that, but I realized other people may not be ready for me to walk in that. Other people may not be ready for that part of my story. And so that's why the prayer ended up being, and my hope ended up being that people would see Jesus and not the divorce and suffering. Mm-hmm. Which leads to the second one where you also had the fear of, is, does this just say uh, Jen doesn't value marriage? Jen didn't fight for her marriage. Jen thinks everyone should just get a divorce if they're unhappy. That was your fear that that would be the narrative. Exactly. That That is a fear that I've actually come to realize the enemy wants me to sit in. He wants me to stay there because the truth is God is a God of redemption. Like he is a redeeming God, all things. Nothing is, um, nothing is exempt from his redemption. And so I, I, I realized that the enemy would want me to sit in that fear and not open my mouth and not tell the story of a God who can heal and redeem the most broken of things. That's where the enemy wants me to sit. Mm -hmm. But I also want to be wise and careful and honoring two marriages into the institution of marriage. And so it's kept me in a place of, I've just got to really be prayerful every time I open my mouth. And, and what people do with that story is, is on them also. Mm-hmm. So it's really turned from fear to just a prayer that I have to pray all the time. So I'm listening and I know that the story and that you're, you know, a year and a half, two years out from this and it's, seems as though you have just made tremendous ground in what I think some people, this could be their if you only knew story, and they could talk about this from 20 years ago. Can you tell us what are some of the things that really were uh, beneficial to you? Um, who poured into you? Where did you run to? What is What does this past year look like for you to go, okay, so these were my two fears, and now these are my prayers. How does that happen in a year and a half? Really, the work started about 17 years ago in the beginning of my marriage when there was some brokenness and when he had left a couple of times early on. And I had to really make myself dig in and deal with shame, identity issues, grieving the loss of what I imagined marriage would look like. I had to start doing that work long before a year and a half ago, not knowing where I would end up, but I just knew if I, if the Lord had asked me yeah. to stay and believing that he could redeem and restore my marriage, then I needed to do the work to allow him to do that. And so by the time 15 years into our marriage came and he left a third time, a lot of the work had been done. My friends, I remember feeling 
confused because I thought, am I in denial? Am I not grieving properly? Because I could feel so much healing and wholeness really quickly. Mm -hmm. And my sweet friends, you asked who poured into me. And it is really the friends who have walked through life with me for the last 16, 17 years. And they just reminded me, Jen, you've been grieving you know, for several years, you've been working, you've been processing, you've been figuring out where your identity was. And so that that's one thing I tell people is, is don't wait until something happens to find out where your identity lies. Fight now to figure that out. And then really, I took a trip to um, Lost Valley Ranch in Colorado and spent five days there. I dove into the word. I was on my knees a lot and just surrounded myself with my community. And I would say all of those things and just believing God is who he says he is. That's really the ultimate Mm. thing I probably did was just make that conscious decision that, you know, God is our great healer. He is our wonderful counselor. He is our redeemer. He is our refuge. He is all those things. And if I believe that, I've got to let him be that. Mm. Nothing changed about any of those statements from 17 years ago, 15 years ago, two years ago until now. No. And that is honestly what he wanted me to see. I was able to look back on all those years and see his constant presence, even when, I mean, there were seasons I could not see God moving. There were seasons I could not hear him. And I just stayed. There's a new song by Rita Springer called Defender. And you leaned up to me during, during If Gathering mm-hmm. and said, you could have written this song. And I felt that. I felt like those were my words. Just constantly choosing to believe God is who He says He is in the midst of life not looking like you really wanted it to or looking like you know He would want it to be. God wants marriages to stay together and be healed. He wants that. And so I had to to sit in the tension of he wants that, but that's not what he allowed for my life. So the fears that you mentioned, have you had to deal with those with real life people, not with just your yourself and your heart and your brain? Have those played out at all? I have. I would say there's two ways they played out. Five weeks after he left the third time, I had to stand up. I host a retreat called Camp Well and it was our first one. You were there. And it was our first one. Mm-hmm. And I was up first speaking on fear of all things. And right. the Lord, the Holy Spirit just moved in me to mention what had happened five months, I mean five weeks earlier. And I remember taking a deep breath. I spent about one minute on it, told my story, just saying we can, we've all, we're all walking in here feeling disqualified in some way or ill-equipped to do what God's asked us to do. And if anyone feels that way, it should be me right now in that moment. And what I saw happen as a result of that was I saw walls come down in a room full of people who were just looking to feel like they were understood and known and not unqualified and broken. And it was just a moment where I could mm-hmm. say, we all feel like that and God uses all of us. And then I would say the second, mm-hmm. the second time, and I would say times is right now I'm, I'm planning a wedding. I'm getting married in a few months. And I, I get the moments where people, you know, ask, are you having a big wedding? Or they find out we're having a big wedding or, 
you know, the idea of buying a white dress or these things around planning for a wedding. I get this and people don't mean to. I just think we live in a culture where second, second weddings look a certain way. And, um, it makes me sad because people get shocked. Oh my gosh, you're having a a big wedding. Oh, you're having all those bridesmaids. Oh, you're, and, Mm -hmm. and I have to fight against the shame of that. Mm-hmm. because I believe that God is a God of second chances. I believe that when he talks about the wedding feast in scripture, I believe that that is, he's coming for his bride, his chosen church that's broken and messy. And if it, if anything, it feels like more of a picture of redemption in the gospel than um, anything I've ever experienced. And so I have to tell myself that story um, because I think in our culture, and I understand it's just not seen that way. Yeah. Are you having to fight that going into a marriage? Yeah, if I'm honest. But I, I ended up in Isaiah 62 in search of God telling me, I have made you new. Like, this is what new is. Mm-hmm. And I have had to camp out there. I have had to go back there a lot um, because he just keeps saying, Jen, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. Um, I think of Israel and how God redeemed and restored her mm. in her brokenness. And, in, and he divorced, you know, God divorced Israel. And <laughs> so it's just a, a beautiful picture of the gospel to me and Christ coming for his bride. Um, and that redemption. redemption. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, per- that's what God's doing personally. And I do, I have to, have to kind of stay in that um, gospel storyline. Yeah. What are your, like, you're thinking, it's scary for me for people to know if you knew I was divorced. There's the people here listening who are thinking the same thing. I hate sharing this part of my story. I hate that it's there. No matter what led to the divorce, it's still, I'm sure it hurts. I'm sure it feels weird and awkward to say out loud. What is your encouragement to them? I believe giving voice to those fears removes power and it's not as hard anymore. It's really not hard anymore to say it out loud because I know one, it doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. I know too, that God has over and over again, used the story to give hope to people and encourage people. So he's using it for good. So why would I be ashamed of something God continues to use for good? in other people's lives and mine. And so I, if anyone is ashamed of this part of their story, I would really make sure you're finding out why there's shame around it. Why, why there's brokenness around it? Because if it's internally something you need to deal with, deal with it, dig in and deal with it. If it's because of the, how the world views divorce, how the church views divorce, let that go. I know it's easier said than done, but we serve an audience of one. And I know that's cliche, but sometimes we have to remember mm-hmm. that and, and stay focused on that. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing I'm seeing with all of these, the series of If You Only Knew, everyone's had a different thing. And a lot of them, the fight is when we believe that that is our identity. Um, no matter what it is, whether it's body image or bankruptcy or shopping or bulimia or divorce, Whatever it is, 
when we believe this defines me as a person is when I think that shame can just settle in and sit there. And so what you're saying, I think we could fill in the blank with anything. Like, here's my struggle. If you knew this about me is when we start to believe that this actually is the definer of who we are. And so you're saying exactly what I would say to anything. You have to know where your identity lies or else you do believe these things about yourself. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm. Well, Jen, I am a big fan of you and I love you as a friend and I'm I'm grateful for your voice. Um, I remember we did um, something together a couple, I don't even know, remember when it was. It was not too long after um, your divorce, maybe six months, I don't even know. And you spoke about it. And I was just immediately so impressed because I will confess and admit that the divorce topics, they do make me nervous. They make me nervous because of your number two fear. Your number two fear of that. If we talk about this, does this mean we're like, you know, throw marriage out the window? Who cares if you're unhappy, get a divorce. And I think that you've done a good job of being true to who you are, being true of what God's done to you and being true to like saying, I'm not just because I got a divorce does not mean I think this. And so that's on us too. That's on us as the listener and the person who would be thinking that, you know that, right? Yes. That's on me. (laughs) But that's, that's my issue. I'm not saying that's my issue right now, but I'm saying the reason that that could make people nervous is that's our issue of not understanding that, right? Yes. So I just wanted to tell you again, I'm proud of you for the road that you're walking. Well, and I want to thank you for giving space for it because I'm with you. It's scary to open a door to have this conversation and not know how people will receive it. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah. Well, Jen, thanks for sharing your If You Only Knew. I know it's hard. I know it's scary. Um, And you guys, this actually is the very last week. This is the last one of the If You Only Knew series. It's been so fun, but we're going to bring more series back to you. And I'm happy that we close out today with my friend, Jen Jett. Okay, guys, I mentioned to you that this was the very last episode in our If You Only Knew mini series. I hope you loved every single one of them. There are nine of them. If you missed one, go back and find it. They are in the regular Happy Hour podcast feed. You can find all nine of them. They start at the beginning of this year. And so I hope that you loved them. I hope that your heart loves God more after listening to other people's stories. I hope it's given you courage to know that you're not defined by the moments that you're ashamed of in your life, but you are defined by a God who loves you and cares for you and sought you after and saved you. Guys, if you'd like to hear more of my story, you can go to ifyouonlyknewbook.net and pick up my book there. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to this story. I believe that stories change the world. I believe that they tear down walls, open gates of conversation, and allow us to experience freedom in a new way. Your story matters. And I pray that you will have the courage to share your story with a close friend, just like my guest shared with me today. In my newest book, If You Only Knew, I go first. I go first and I share my story with you. You can find more information at ifyouonlyknewbook.net. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent 
can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brands Park American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.